It is an absolutely beautiful Wellington day. There's been a very crisp cold snap coming through, but I have the luxury of being down at Wellington's conservation haven Zealandia, who which is celebrating its 20th year with a vision and presence that has become intrinsic to the unique fabric of our Wellington city. We are speaking to Neil Anderson, one of the rangers here at Zealandia, about its history, his history with the sanctuary and what we can also be looking forward to in the future. Neil, welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio. Thanks, Laurie. It's great for you to be here. I am so pleased to be here. It was a sneaky chance for me to get in the gates, you know, and enjoy some sun. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> no, no, very lucky. So we're sitting out in the uh, just by the lake next to the, the Takahaya wandering around. And um, yes, it is certainly quite special. So, Neil... As a ranger, what does your role require for you to be responsible for? Well, I'm one of the conservation teams, so we've got uh, different teams of rangers, and uh, the conservation team is three of us, and we're essentially uh, here to look after all the, the flora and fauna as well, as well as biosecurity. So we get to uh, look after all the little creatures and critters and uh, monitor them and maintain them. It sounds very exciting, but also not like other people's normal day job. How would you describe a good day for you? A good a good day is doing um, the species work entirely is a good day. But right. uh, basically, our work is pretty seasonal. We uh, we're kind of weather dependent with a lot of the stuff we do because most of it is outdoors. When we do get stuck indoors, we're sort of catching up on paperwork and data entry and those sorts of things. But uh, it's seasonal to a degree. The breeding season is um, when we're really concentrating on monitoring the birds, right. essentially the, mostly birds, and uh, really keeping an eye on their progress and seeing how they're going. Uh, at the moment, we're into a maintenance program, so we're doing a lot of uh, actually scrub cutting. So we're out on the hills uh, clearing our transects lines, which is our infrastructure for our bait stations and uh, trapping infrastructure. That sounds incredibly varied. So... How and when did you first become involved or start working at Zealandia? Well, I started here in way back in about 2001 as a volunteer. And uh, the first thing I started doing, I was training as a guide. So I became a guide, a volunteer guide for a while, which I kept doing for a number of years. But I was also doing some of the conservation work, working on mouse audit lines, where we were doing little trap lines around the, all around the valley, right. auditing uh, mouse populations. And uh, I'd only been here a few weeks and the offer came through, did anyone want to go on a translocation to help with a translocation? And What's a translocation? A translocation <laughs> is basically, <laughs> it's a good question. Just for us, you know, our, our, us normal, normal desk people. <laughs> well, a translocation is when we bring a species from its, where it's um, living at the moment and release it in, in, into here, essentially. Wow. So we're, we're transporting it here and locating it, I guess. And this particular one was for Kiwi from Kapiti Island. So I'm taking it you put your hand up pretty quickly for that. Yeah, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll have a go with that. So we went out and we stayed on Kapiti for a few nights and we went out um, during the night basically spotlighting Kiwi and catching them in nets and during the day with the dock um, Kiwi dogs who would be sniffing out the burrows and uh, pulling the birds out of the burrows and getting them all sort of weighed and measured and, and all the data and get them prepared to bring them here. On that trip, did you bring Kiwi back to Zealandia with you? Well, I actually managed to bring some back in my own car. I had a station wagon. Oh. 
<laughs> and and there was uh, we were looking at how we we're tra- transporting them back from Paraparumu back down here to Karori. And I said, well, I can take some of my car. And it was okay. So I was driving back to Wellington and with six little spotted Kiwi in the back of my station wagon thinking... I've actually got a an identifiable percentage of the species in the back of my car, and and I thought, well, I can I can do this. I'm just seeing the sticker that you could have had on your car at that particular time, Neil. Well, well like one of those <laughs> yeah, baby on board, yeah, Kiwi on board. Yeah. What about the other roles that you've had here at Zelandia over your time? Because that's so that's about 15 years, really. You're yeah. talking, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I was doing a lot of um, volunteer work, and then I managed to sort of sign up for some part-time paid work, uh, looking after being on duty at the weekends and, and when we were open late in the evening, so I was sort of duty person on, on. And gradually those bits and pieces of work increased, and I was doing more and more work. At the time I was working, and my other work was freelance anyway, so I was able to sort of mix and match the two. So at one stage I was working half of my old job and half of my new job, as it were. I think you told me the story that you may have left and then come back as a volunteer. Was that true? <laughs> yeah, by the time I got to about 2009, I'd inadvertently kind of progressed up the ladder into, into, a, man, into a management <laughs> position. And, uh, oh, that doesn't sound like being out, out in the sanctuary itself a lot. No, it wasn't. And it was, it was more on the facilities and operational side of things right. than on the conservation side. Um, I was spending a lot of time in the office and I really wanted to get back to the kind of things I was doing. So I had a hiatus of a few years and ended up coming back volunteering and then uh, ended up coming back back on the staff. <laughs> so Neil, what was your other job then? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was working, uh, I for a long time worked freelance and, and performing arts in the production side, so I was working as a production manager, uh, a lot of things for large arts festival shows and I was sort of a, a technical manager of regional arts festivals and things like that, operas, uh, and uh, also did some work uh, in New York and, and uh, Paris and Tokyo and Hong Kong not Paris this time around, uh, for Louis Vuitton of all things. Well, so that's quite different to uh, the uh, conservation world of Zealandia. Well, yeah, uh, very different uh, and that was, there's a real contrast because I was doing those things back to back so one week I was uh, in New York City doing this big show for Louis Vuitton International, the 150th anniversary of Louis Vuitton, which was a New Zealand production, I might add, Mike Mizrahi, Inside Out Productions, out right. of Auckland, there's a plug. Right, yep, uh, yep. <laughs> this is back in 2005, and um, it was a very, very high-pressure environment. Uh, so one week I'm in New York doing that, the next week I'm back here, uh, sitting under a tree, watching a nest, waiting for uh, a bird to come off the nest, and she didn't come off the nest, so I just sat there and waited. <laughs> So that's quite different to uh, putting on events for Louis Vuitton in, in New York. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, for a start, you, you tend to um, get up early here and, uh, and work late there. That's, right, uh, right. <laughs> but there's also there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of pressure, as you can imagine, yeah, a lot of yeah. other, pe- other people's stress that you're being asked to take on. I mean, we had, it was a mammoth production. We had 35 shipping containers, which we took to Manhattan. Wow. For, and spent three weeks building a show including building the venue in midwinter for uh, one show, one party in fact. And then we took it all down and shipped it to Hong Kong. So for one night? 
one night you're part of New York Fashion Week and Louis Vuitton. Wow. And so, but now you're part of working on a 500-year plan. That's right. It's much more satisfying. <laughs> 15 years is a really good amount of time to spend anywhere, but you would have a really good understanding of the the changes that you've seen at Zealandia. What are, what are a few that are most notable to you over your time? Probably the most notable is just the real increase in the numbers and, and, and also the visibility of, of the species that we brought in here. I mean, back in uh, 20 years ago when the place was first, you know, pr- the trust was first formed, um, surveys were done of what birds were in here. Tuis, for example, were listed as occasional visitors. And now Tui are all over the place. Kaka are all over Wellington. Um, we've got Tiaki Saddleback um, nesting outside the valley now. Uh, Kakariki, uh, the, which is the red crown parakeets, are spreading out throughout Wellington as well. What kind of canvas was Zealandia when, when it started? We're not, this is not original forest. You know, this is no. the old water supply for the, for the town of Wellington and the later the city. It was farmed as well. So the forest here is, is only about 120-odd years old. Uh, it looks it looks quite mature, but our plan is to go 500 years before that forest is fully fully matured. So we've got a long way to go yet. I hope they've given you an extended contract for that, Neil. I hope so. <laughs> I sincerely hope so. And and what about resistance? Because that was another thing, wasn't it? There was a little bit of resistance around the idea of Zealandia. What what were the reasons for that? Uh, and some of the reasons were uh, recreational people. This is a very popular mountain biking and walking area, and, and some people weren't happy that this, this fence was suddenly erected and, and their, their kind of playground was, um, was taken away from them. Uh, and a little bit of that possibly still exists, I don't know, but generally speaking, you know, particularly the close neighbours, everyone's really embraced the, the place and, and actually uh, takes care of it as well, keeps an eye out. For, you know, we get reports all the time. Um, yesterday a guy rang up, we saw a stoat on the outside of the fence. He just wanted to let us know and hope that we were trapping and all that sorts of things. So, you know, the, the, the community really, really buy into it and really have a, uh, for, for a large degree, a sense of pride about the place because it is, it is absolutely unique. And as we were saying, I guess that not every city in the world has, has a large wildlife sanctuary within it. How do you think Wellingtonians deal with this in their day-to-day life? I think uh, now, I mean, we're, we've been here a long time now, mm. and people have a sense of ownership and a sense of pride about the place, I believe. Not everyone, of course, but uh, I believe the majority of people do. We've got challenges because we are in an urban environment. Right. We've got right. challenges yeah. with uh, the potential for pest invasion because there's a lot of pests around um, urban areas. We certainly have problems with pest plant invasion right yes yes uh, from from urban areas you know which is a challenge but so there are challenges that go with being in an urban area but there are huge advantages as well and the biggest advantage is probably our volunteer base that if we were out there uh, we're in the kind of location that some of the other similar fence sanctuaries are uh, they might not have the same challenges we've got biosecurity wise but they definitely don't have the the support, the support yeah. yeah. Zealandia's got a really large volunteer base. I did just see that and I was like, oh my goodness. Is this one of the largest in the country? I don't know to be sure, but I would kind of imagine so, yeah. yeah. It's around 500, but we've got significant numbers of volunteers and they really um, do a huge array right. of, of different different roles. 
Uh, and there's kind of something for everyone, if you like. You know, some people, um, some people like to work in in a kind of a team environment, and we have a number of teams that come in, like Wednesday gardening groups and track clearing groups and those sorts of things. Other people have prefer to be in a more solo activity, like um, fence uh, fence checkers. We have people who who walk around the perimeter fence and zones and just look for anything untoward and report that to us. Uh, which is which is incredibly important for yeah. us because our, our fences are really our, our key to our biosecurity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have people who do nest box monitoring and bird monitoring and bird feeding and all those sorts of things uh, as well. As, and then there are there are people who assist in, with administration and all those other things. So it's not just outdoor work, if you like. Right, the, right. The, so now I understand, now this is a bit sneaky, but your wife is also a volunteer down at Zealandia. Is that right, Neil? <laughs> she is indeed. <laughs> now, what is her favourite pastime while she's here? Her favourite pastime while she's here is during the breeding season when she gets to monitor the nest box. Nice. But she's, she's very, very generous and comes in when it's uh, through the winter months and doing... Um, some of the jobs which aren't quite as as glamorous and maybe not quite as rewarding as as the species work so she's been doing some mousetrap lines for us interesting pastime (laughs) interesting pastime quite rewarding though in its own way just going back to to those challenges i guess how much of your time like with the um stopping the pests from entering like how much or what percentage of that is a challenge in your daily role or, or weekly role not so much in the kind of uh, preventative stuff, but, uh, but we're, you know, we've, we've got very strict protocols in place about, you know, as you know, we have a bag check. Everyone yes. has to check their bag, as you did when you came yes. in, to make sure there wasn't any unwanted pests in there. Even in the microphone bag? Even in the microphone yep. bag. <laughs> but, for instance, if we, if we have any vehicle that enters, you know, we, they have to essentially book in advance, as it were, and we, have to, we place a, a rodent bait in, the, in that vehicle. Right. 24 hours and then the vehicle is given a thorough check before they come in this is if we wow. have for arguments that we might have a marquee in the summer yep. on down on the lawn and and the marquee the, the higher company basically have to have their vehicles checked and all their equipment checked before they come in and we've got all the fence checking of course and all those sorts of things so there's a kind of um it's basically maintaining that biosecurity is incredibly important for us mm. and also for maintaining an infrastructure that we have throughout the valley should we require it if we get any kind of incursion of, of pests so rather than oh oh goodness we've got something we really need to get in there and, and try and start from scratch to do something about it we've actually got an infrastructure in place already and we just essentially activate that and uh, off we go and hopefully get any any uh, incursion or any anything unwanted that gets in here what is something about Zealandia that the average Wellingtonian just might not know about? I think the average person who hasn't visited here might be very surprised as to just the range of things that you can see here um, without having to go a long way into the valley. There's the things that are right there on your doorstep. Um, they also might not know that we, we don't just focus on, on conservation. We have a, a very, very comprehensive education program. So schools are coming in here and the education team are looking after them the whole time. A lot of stuff is curriculum-based, so there's sort of classroom stuff going on out in the valley. Yep. Um, we have a lot of research going on. We have a partnership with Victoria University, so there's a lot of research going on. People doing doctorates and masters and things on various conservation and species things. You can imagine if you're doing some research, uh, you can just catch the bus up here from home. Oh. 
you don't have to spend hours on a boat and live on an island to uh, to be in the in the environment of the of the animal. You can almost do it nine to five. Well, yeah, yeah. In, indeed, yeah. you can. Yeah. yeah. If you could see one thing happen for Zealandia in the future, what what would you like to see happen here? Up to the five hundred years, you can go that far. <laughs> I'd like to go to five hundred years. Well, the interesting thing about about our just to go back slightly about our fence, you know, it's it's not there to keep things in; it's to keep them out. Yeah. And uh, and I yeah. think the the acceptance of people that to come to realise that what's in here is is the norm of what New Zealand used to be like and possibly could be like in the future. What's on, what it's like outside our fence is is not normal. This is normal. If we think of this as normality and we try and uh, use that mindset everywhere else around the country, then, um, then we're on the right track.